Welcome to the Cherry Picker, the horror movie podcast where we like to kill people, but not really. I'm your host, Zach Cherry, and with me as always... Hello? Hello? Hey, quiet, it's him again. It's the Mona. It's Eddie of Edward is Truth. Today we're talking about Black Christmas... 1974, uh, specifically yeah. released October 8th, 11th, 1974. That's such a weird mm-hmm. release date for a Christmas movie, hey? Well, horror movie. It is. And it was the holiday season beginning. I guess, you know, maybe it was starting earlier and earlier, even back then. It just feels like, I mean, there are definitely Christmas decorations that go up in September in certain places out yeah. over by me. I don't a- know about you. Actually did... Was this the same release date as Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I don't remember. I'm going to look that up. You have much more of a mind uh, developed for dates like that. Well, it's like one of your favorite movies, so I would assume you would It is, but I don't catalog things like dates. I'll discuss, like, you know, backstory and symbolism. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) No, uh, indeed it is. Uh, Both Black Christmas and Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out on October 11th, 1974. Isn't that so weird? Yeah, and great. Which one (laughs) would you have? I mean... Because, I mean, granted, like, the Barbenheimer mentality didn't exist back then, so. <laughs> what would they call this? Could... If, 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 uh, the... Black Texas. The Texas, no. uh... <laughs> The Christmas, Christmas Chainsaw Massacre. Massacre. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> the Black Christmas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. I like that. Which one? So, yeah, which one are you going to go see? Or if you're going to do both, what, in what order? If I'm going to do, I mean, do I, do I know what I'm getting myself into? Like, do I get to go in? No, I'll, I'd probably, you know what? I'd probably need Black Christmas's warmth after Texas Chainsaw Massacre as warmth. opposed to Black Christmas would just kind of like make me vulnerable and make me unsettled. And then Texas Chainsaw would just pour salt in the wound. So yeah, I would lead with Texas Chainsaw Massacre and then go to therapy through Black Christmas. How about you? I mean, I feel like the <laughs> the energy of the movies is, is very different. Like, so with Texas yes, Chainsaw, that's, like, by the end of that movie, you are, like, on that pickup truck with Sally. Like, your heart's racing. <laughs> You're just like, yeah, yeah, we fucking made it. And, <laughs> you know, you're excited. And I feel like... That's like a much like it ends on a higher note than this, which is very ambiguous and like and dark and creepy and disturbing. So it just depends on like how do you want to feel um by the end of it? Because I mean like you could leave after seeing two movies and and just be like, "Okay, I'm calm-ish." Like my uh, like my heart rate's maybe like normal, but I'm also like afraid to go home and be in my own home. Or well, <laughs> you can watch that first and then end with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and be like, okay, I'm not re- like, we need to go out and do something else now because my energy is well, like up here. I don't get a big sense of exhilaration or sa- or uh, kind of like, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Like peace <laughs> from the end of either of these movies. Oh, but certainly not at the end of Texas Chainsaw because she's also manic. Marilyn Burns is with her shrieking and her laughing. <laughs> I mean, it's triumphant, but it's also yeah. like it really 
punches out that tagline well who will survive and what will be left of them yeah. like she she's not going to be okay for quite some time after that movie i don't feel like oh she got away good for her she's gonna be all right that's yeah. not how i feel at the end of that movie so mm-hmm. i guess it doesn't matter but at least like there's no christmas caroling with you know the beautiful face of olivia hussey taking in you know the 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 beautiful Christmas lighting and the warm voices and everything like that. And just yeah. that face, you know, being uh, illuminated. I don't know. I, uh, there's no equivalent in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There's, you know, uh, a dead body, <laughs> <laughs> like mounted on a tombstone. Like that's probably the closest yeah. we get to that. <laughs> it's, they're, they're both very different kind of uh, of horror movies. And, and I mean, just because yes. this is not the, the Texas Chainsaw versus Black Christmas episode. <laughs> this is just <laughs> Black Christmas. But I will say that it's interesting that, like, all th- like both of these franchises now have, I believe, three different movies with the same title in them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so at least. Just, and yeah. counting. And count. I mean, <laughs> I hope that there's no more Black Christmas um well we'll see we can we can talk about that but uh okay when when did you first uh get into this movie sometime within the last decade or so my oldest friend john carlos uh uh found out that i hadn't seen it did like five double takes so what is that a a a a double quint take take i don't know what the words are a quintuple Qui- I don't know. Qu- Why? Are, who cares? A, Just yeah. A quipple, so you, a, quipple, so you... a quipple take twice, and then he, <laughs> um, and he said you have to watch. And he wanted to watch me watch it, so he put it on, and I was like, oh, <gasps> oh my god, oh, and laughing of course, because there's also moments of laughter, levity throughout this movie. Um, probably not during the last third, yeah. but uh, prior to that, there's there's plenty of room. But um, yeah, and I, I remember I really, really liked it. I was so disappointed with myself that I lived as long as I have had at that point without having seen it. And yeah. I don't know how many times I've seen it since then. Certainly every year. It's one of those, it's the holidays, I have to put this on kind of movies. Um, and I, I was actually kind of bummed that I had to screen it for this pod because we haven't put our Christmas Christmas decorations up yet. And I... I watched it twice, <laughs> once without the subtitles and then once again with just to kind of like, because there are a lot of lines that get lost. There's so many, we'll get into it, but there's so many rich backstories uh, in this movie that you don't really pick up on if you can't read the subtitles. And I don't just mean Billy. I mean, all the characters alluding to things and other people and stuff like that that you might not catch if you're just listening. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I had to watch it twice and uh, I'm probably going to watch it again, like once my tree's up and the lighting's up and because there's something so oddly serene for me about watching this movie and then kind of like looking to the Christmas tree and then looking back at the screen and then looking back at the Christmas tree. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's an odd uh, spa day for me. How about you? Okay, What's your wow. history with the movie? Well, first of all, I love the, the uh, <laughs> your, your, uh, you always mentioned like, Oh, I, I want like your, you or your friends like watching, 
another person watch a movie. Like, I don't think I've yeah. ever, like, I'm just, I want to put this movie on for you so I can just, like, intently stare at you the entire time and, and see Not even reaction. intently, but take it in. Like, there's a lot of eye contact. Like, yeah. I will connect with the person screening the movie for me just to go, what? And I'll be like, mm-hmm. And then we'll go back to the movie kind well, of thing, you know? Well, you're into, you're into reaction uh, channels. Totally. So that makes sense. <laughs> um, I've always been that way since before the internet. I, and and the, the other question I had, because you're, a huge oh. fan of Silent Night, Deadly Night, and it's usually kind of like yeah. you know, it's either that movie, or like when you think of like the the top Christmas uh, horror movies, uh. and we we covered Silent Night, Deadly Night last uh, December. So, had you already uh-huh. seen all those movies before you even knew that Black Christmas existed? Um, no, because he, uh, John Carlos, I can't remember if he showed me this first and then Silent Night, Deadly Night. I don't think we did them both on the same weekend. Maybe we did. But um, around the same time, like, he exposed me to both films. Yeah. And um, I, again, that one was a case of just kind of like, what? How did I not know? And um, uh, so, no, uh, I, I just, I, I guess I just didn't lean much into the Christmas horror of it all. Like, my... Which is odd because I had a gateway, which we'll be covering for the Patreon uh, podcast. Like that feels like largely kind of gateway Christmas, at least dark Christmas, if not Christmas horror. Nice segue. And, well, we'll we'll talk about yeah. that in a few minutes. But <laughs> if you okay, so I, I I love putting you on the spot like that. But which which one do you Uh-oh. prefer? I might have asked you this before. We might have asked you in that episode. But would which do you prefer? <sighs> They both. That's like asking me, do you prefer marmalade or sushi? I don't know. I, I yeah, well, just I mean, pick one. Maybe, Gun to your head. Uh, uh, because I turn to them for different things. Like they're both on par with each other. That's the thing. It's not an either or. It's a no. I get uh, if I want to like have a little bit more frivolity, then I will watch <clears throat> Silent Night, Deadly Night. But if I want a little bit more, you know, like stillness and genuine kind of like. Uh, you know, like movement of my molecules, like afterwards to be Jesus. left unsettled and pulling my collar. Going, <laughs> what is that? What are you saying? It's, it's, there okay. is no preference. That is the answer. That and it, 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 well, I mean, you? which one do you prefer? I I get much more frivolity from many other movies other than Silent Night, Deadly uh, Night. And, and as we spoke okay. about in that episode, I'm not a huge fan of that movie. So it'll right, always right. be black christmas just to give a more decisive answer against yours um, <laughs> but i shared my truth with you sir <laughs> but it's the edward is truth truth um, yes it is so i don't know how i don't i, I, I don't i don't know i don't know. <laughs> but uh i i think the first time i saw this was i mean i was probably still in high school i want to yeah. say so early 2000s and i recall watching it on tv watching it on cable tv and there was commercials and stuff but uh i think it was just like chilling with my mom and we're flipping through the channels and the movie must have just started because we didn't like see it from the 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 very i mean it might have even been like the the credits had already started and it was just the scene where he uh comes into the house but she was like oh this is a really good movie like she she knows i like my scaries oh, wow. um yeah. and uh and we're like yeah okay let's let's watch this um and i don't i'm surprised that she had such a like 
personal history with it. I mean, I don't think that she had like a huge personal history with it, but the movie was filmed in Toronto. Uh, yeah. and this would have been in the, the early seventies. So either that's where we were from originally. So she probably was aware of it. Like, you know, when it, when it had been filmed and she knew, you know, the, the people in it, like, uh, Margot Kidder and Andrea yes. Martin, who yes. was she, was she on, uh, SCTV? Not yet. She's she was younger in this. But she, uh, yeah, but she, she eventually for like another five years at least. She so, eventually yeah, she, she she went on to be that, and that's that's where she yes mostly knew her from. So she's just like, yeah, this is yeah. oh yeah, we should watch this. Uh, like if you like you know your Halloweens and 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 I was I didn't even need her to be like <laughs> oh you would like I I would have watched it uh, regardless. Mm. Um, and I just remember walking away from it being like not finding it scary. But just being mm. very unsettled by the prospect of this intruder and like an intruder who is kind of like living inside of the, the walls in a way. And we at the time, like the house that we had, there was this crawl space in the the attic. And I guess I just like kind of had it in my brain at the time to just like someone's in there because you know why not um so yeah. i i just like was always freaked out and i would like you know yeah. look at my closet in a different way and just like the shadows that would come out of that would just be like no no thank you um so it it, it resonated with me like it really left a lasting impression and i've seen it many times since and i think that like a lot of movies um we always remember the first time we we saw them, like you know, like certain movies. And this is one that I I, I definitely remember that first time very sure. fondly. But I also think this is a movie <laughs> that I I do have nostalgia for. And mm. watching it last night was probably maybe I was tired, but like I've noticed this in like recent viewings where I just like I've I've liked it less and less. Every time I watch it and I don't, it's, it, it's that, and less is like, it's a minuscule, like maybe like half a star rating. Um, cause I don't know what this, I, I mean, this might be four, it might be four and a half, but it's definitely not a five star movie for me. Um, because I think there's a lot of like unnecessary bullshit in this movie, um, <gasps> which we will get into, but, uh, it's, it's definitely my favorite Christmas horror movie. Um, okay. and I don't, I mean, I'm not like, a, I hate Christmas. Um, <laughs> so it's, it, I, I'm saying that probably knowing that like nothing will ever surpass this as a, as a Christmas movie for me. Um, mm. cause it's just, it's hard to find any sort of like holiday, holiday stuff that's, I, I get enthusiastic about, but, okay. uh, you know, I still really love this movie. I think that it's. I, I mean, I'm I'm rethinking if it's like top twenty horror for me, but uh, it, it's definitely up there, and uh, nice. I'm excited to okay. to discuss it with you and and everyone watching slash listening today. Yeah. So before we get to your premise, I uh, do just want to uh, shout out my Patreon. Uh, so alluding to what you were talking about earlier, every month we have the Cherry Picker After Dark, which is our bonus episode that is only available to Patreon supporters of mine 
on the Freddy Krueger tier or above. Last month, we did Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 7. We finished out that entire series. Uh, We've done other fun things like ranking the Final Girls, the Slashers. We did Scream Survivor. Uh, three seasons of that, <laughs> which, right. which I mean, just there's previews. We created, you can check. we crafted it. Yeah, yeah. there's there's previews <laughs> for sure. Like if you're on YouTube, you can you can go watch them. Uh, they're lots of fun. But uh, and sometimes we just do like alternative horror adjacent movies. Mm-hmm. So this month, uh, in the spirit of Christmas. Uh, and speaking of Christmas movies that actually I do really fucking enjoy, we're going to be talking about Batman Returns, which, mm. which is, is, was very scary, uh, I remember. Mm. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll get into that. That's actually next week's episode. Um, but uh, you can check all that out, uh, including our back catalog. If you go subscribe to my Patreon, Zach Cherry, Z-A-C-K-C-H-E-R-R-Y, uh, hours of, of bonus content. And I do want to uh, welcome and thank a uh, new Patreon supporter, Ella Thomas. So thank you very much for coming on board. Yay! I would also love to thank Boy Cried Wolf, who is our editor, uh, for all the hard Yay! work. <laughs> That he has done for us. Uh, now, with all that said, what is the premise of Black Christmas? I was going to try and do it in Billy's voice, and I thought I'd throw my neck out if I did that. So I'm just. Gonna... So you're going to do uh, you're going to do a Jess voice. A Jess voice. I could do that. <laughs> Let's try. Sure. You always love my quasi accents. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh. <laughs> I also just love the way she's always shouting, just like, hello, hello. I mean, it, I, maybe they were supposed to have like ambient noise, like that was even make it sound like the yeah. party was really in swing, but it wasn't. She, so it just looks like she's shouting. She, I mean, every, <laughs> she pick, every time she picks up that phone, she's speaking with like dire urgency. Like, it's just like, hello, who? Yes. <laughs> yeah, who? That's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I could just I imagine, like, like <laughs> I, I want to see someone make like a video edit of like just like calling and then just being like, "Oh, hey, is um, Barb there?" Or whatever, and and she'd be like, "Who?" And then you're just like, "What the fuck?" Oh, like just oh. the phone <laughs> <laughs> blasting in your ear on the other end. <laughs> Quiet, everybody. Nobody's talking. Just calm down. Yeah. But okay, um, I'll try. Maybe I'll try to find levels because it is sure. it is a varied performance. Yeah. Okay. On the evening of the Pi Kappa Sigma Sorority Christmas Party, I'm going to turn into Audrey Hepburn. <laughs> <laughs> the house receives the latest in a string of obscene phone calls from one who identifies himself as Billy. Tensions rise when soon after, one of the sorority sisters goes missing amid a frenzy surrounding the disappearance of another girl, aged 13 years old. Once a police lieutenant and his men investigate these cases, the obscene calls escalate with an intense and personal connotation to one of the girls. Imposing like a 
dark cloud over the turning into Jennifer Coolidge (laughs) imposing like a dark cloud over the sorority house guaranteeing a most grim black Christmas (laughs) love it (laughs) it'll have to do I'm not doing it again I mean if Jennifer Coolidge was cast in I mean, dare I say, an, another update of Black Christmas. <laughs> she would Mac? absolutely be Mrs. Mac. I would love her. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> money in the bank. Take my money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Oh, my God. Yeah, see, that's how they should do it. Like, with the gay sensibility. That's that's what the remake you know, should be. God. Yeah. Well, we can we can throw, we can chat about the, the rem- we can chat about the remakes uh, a little bit, but um, <laughs> um, no, that was a that was a very uh, good effort. I actually I, I think like her <laughs> the best uh, of just like the like her screaming or whatever you want to call that is like when she's at the bottom there because it just feels so genuine and mm. and raw when they're like. Just don't talk to anyone. Put the phone out. Go outside. And she's just like, Phil, Barb, answer me. It's, it's, Phil. It's so good. Yeah, it's It's so good. She's right up there with Billy's shrieking. I mean, there's a sense of Maybe that's why she was hired for it, just because she kind of uh, matched Billy in a way. <laughs> she can do it all. Olivia Hussey. I mean, she was, I know that she had already been on the scene in uh, Zeffirelli's Romeo and Juliet and became kind of like world famous because of that. Yeah. And, um, and then just made many different kinds of projects kind of went, yeah. I guess, wherever, wherever something appealed to her and what uh, maybe most horror fans, if they're not familiar with her from this might know her from psycho Four, the beginning Playing the young Norma Bates, in yeah. The, in those she was also uh, in the It miniseries from nineteen ninety. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Barely. <laughs> yeah, well, she played a, a pivotal enough role, but uh, yeah, she's 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 been around the the horror circuit. So good for yeah. her. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we also got Margot Kidder. Um, <sighs> who I mean, uh, I'm trying to think of other horror, and all I can think of is uh, sisters. Rob. Brian De Palma. She played her own twin. Okay, and sisters. I, I I'd never yeah. seen it, but I was I was gonna say. Oh! You probably won't like it, but <laughs> thank you. Um, oh, no, I was gonna say Rob Zombie's H2. She was Laurie's right. therapist. <laughs> yes, Give me I my wish. fucking prescription. Prescription, you. Lori, let's work on our breathing exercises. Shut the fuck (laughs) up. Lori, they never found his body. (laughs) But um, I I just, I could never get enough of her. And of course, you know, to non-horror fans like Lois Lane Mm -hmm. in the Christopher Reeve Superman movies. Yeah. (sighs) Love her. Oh, she's, yeah, she's terrific. Um, I think that, I mean, everyone in this movie is great. Yeah. but uh, uh, cure delay, <laughs> like uh-huh. that that whole subplot, uh, that that to me was what I discovered. That was what was like weighing this movie down because it really does not have anything to do 
with the story at hand. It's just, it's sort of like this subplot about like her and just like the, the, the like independence of just like a, a, a woman in the seventies, like, you know, taking agency over her own body, which is all well and good, but it's just like, in terms of like the story that is being told here, it just hadn't, it, it just, it felt intrusive and it's huh. he like he was being set up as like this this red herring in a sense, but sure. the movie in itself shows that it's not him because right. because he is there like amidst like the the presence of of Billy already. So it's just kind of that. I could see how like like maybe back in the day where people weren't as savvy to shit like that, because um, now like any like something comes out a trailer and people like scour over and just like oh okay well this happens here and this happens here um so you know you could have a character like that and people would actually think oh could he be the killer but uh the way that i interpret that like see it every time it's just like this this just feels so unnecessary like you could take that character out and then the other thing which actually i wanted to ask you about um because you've got this whole search party going on yeah. Outside of the house, which is another red herring because there's this 13 year old girl who's killed. And yeah. is there another serial killer running around at the, at the exact the same time? Because yeah, there's, it's just like Billy has been in the house all day and this girl went missing after school. And then there was like the story, I, I, uh, whatever they were talking about at the beginning where there's just like that town girl went missing or, you know, <clears throat> the whatever townie. the townie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So well, she got she got assaulted and then Margot has one of the worst lines in the movie. <laughs> she says you can't schmape a, a townie. I'm not going to say the actual word. Barb's, but, uh, <laughs> Barb's lines like there there's some of them that like you could just like <laughs> they feel like um Dorothy from the Golden Girls <laughs> like just like <laughs> sarcastic what? like compound. or Sophia like really that severe. But, no, but there's uh, like one. I, I forget what the line is specifically, but um, uh, who's the first girl who goes missing? I forget her name. Claire. Claire. Claire um, she says something, and then and then Barb's like, "No, no, Claire." Like it just like felt like a setup to a like no Rose. Like just <laughs> <laughs> condoms, Rose. We, we, but um, yeah, we yeah, needed okay. we needed B. Arthur, and like they're just like there should be like a, a Golden Girls block. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god see that now you're just coming up with more and more remake ideas that i just can't wait to better see better remake happening. ideas of black christmas than the, than the yeah. actual remakes that we've than what we've got it, yeah. so far so yeah. more reasons more incentive to remake it and remake it and remake it um sure so okay uh, it, with regard to the search party one thing that i like is that the question isn't really answered so i feel like um, you can, and I feel like either one really kind of like boosts whatever you think suits the story more so as a viewer. Like if you want to believe that it, it was Billy and that it's like the precursor, like that's what happened before he finally approached the sorority house or even we see him hovering around like, you know, uh, a, like a shadowy figure sometimes, like even outside the house, um, e- even like on into the movie when, I believe it's uh, after 
or, or around the time Jess is on the phone with Peter while he's weeping about like, you know, the abortion that she, she told him she wants to have and everything like that. And he's like, not her baby, not her baby. And shut up, Peter. But, um, and she's there with Phyllis and then they're talking, she's talking to, um, Lieutenant Fuller, uh, on the phone. And you just see this, uh, silhouette, this shadow in the background. Yeah. And um, they don't nail it down. Yes, that's Billy. It has to be because Peter was just on the phone and he was elsewhere. But um, but who knows? Like, I also kind of the thing is uh, the idea of just kind of like making Billy this uh, uh, omnipresent <laughs> force that just kind of vacillates, you know, from one realm to another, <laughs> like where you never quite know where he is unless you're in his POV or unless he's killing somebody, really. Um uh, I can appreciate that, but I also kind of some one thing that I appreciate about the movie is um, if it, if you want to believe that it wasn't Billy and you're just living in a world with harsh realities uh, for young girls, like like maybe like like they're not safe in that sorority house, but that doesn't mean if they left the sorority house they'd be any safer. Like this is it's kind of creating this uh, 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 environment. Uh, not unlike our own environment where, you know, like women have to deal with some very, very harsh realities um, about uh, the way they're going to be viewed and treated by men, you know, regardless of the context. So that's, I mean, it's things like that. Like th this movie on the face of it seems incredibly simple, you know, with its premise and everything like that. Like you think, okay, Horror movie set at Christmas, sorority girls being attacked by, like, a crazy killer. But I feel like, on the face of it, <clears throat> most sorority horror flicks in that subgenre yeah. tend to lean into something, a little, you know, much more superficial. Uh, even the fun seems to be a little bit more shallow and a little bit more uh, cheesy. Um, yeah. Something a little bit more, e more easily dismissed and frivolous. Whereas with this, I feel like the really crafting, uh, uh, char like I said, char characters with rich backstories and, yeah. uh, and the more you kind of like watch <clears throat> the movie, the more you can pick up on um, the dynamics between them uh, on screen or off screen. And it's easy to relate to them. It's really hard to actually, I'm glad we're talking about it on the cherry picker because the more I talk about it, the more I thought about it, the more I thought there aren't many people who I want to pick who I think deserve to die in this movie. There are plenty of flawed people, plenty of, I believe, nuanced people who have contradictions within their characters that are all about something else that we'll get to. But, um, but it's not, it's not, you can get that slasher appetite satiated but it doesn't uh it doesn't only scratch one itch like if you're looking for something deeper there's there's room to mine that if yeah. you choose to so i appreciate that it's interesting that you kind of bring that up or just like kind yeah. of like just describe that there is nuance to it it's not just like one specific thing or the other because the remakes both of the remakes uh, 2006 mm. and 2019 are kind of like the like full like non concentrated version of like each side of those of of that coin because i would say yeah. that the 2006 remake is largely just a slasher movie there isn't really anything underneath it in terms of yeah. just like character or like just um, subtext in terms of uh, women's issues whereas then you have the yeah. 2019 version which 
it's not really a slasher movie. I don't know what the fuck it is, but it's so <laughs> up its own ass in terms uh-huh. of like this social yeah. commentary that the social yeah. commentary behind it is just like problematic. Yeah. It's just it's disingenuous and yeah. it's inconsistent as well. Um, so it's just like both of those movies are extremely flawed. It's just a, a matter of like which what version do you prefer? And I think more people would probably rather hitch their wagon to the 2006 one in terms of like, well, whatever, it's just a generic slasher movie. Same. (laughs) It's not good. I mean, that's not to say that it doesn't have its fans. I don't particularly love it. I don't really love a lot of horror remakes, but I remember seeing the 2019 version and the only thing I could think of um, immediately after seeing it was we're never going to get a black Christmas movie. Like this was like the last (laughs) vestige of hope to maybe like get some sort of continuance of like a a timeline or any, or any sort of thing. And it was just like completely trashed by Blumhouse. So yeah. um, (laughs) There's that for sure. So it's, 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 it really does bespeak to this movie, the original that it kind of did have, um uh it uh, i guess a better sense of its identity in in terms of like uh, mm-hmm. uh mixing both of these ideas together to mm-hmm. make a much a much more nuanced story in that regard so i yeah i think definitely it it deserves points for that also i mean you mentioned uh like in reference to uh Jess and Peter and their whole thing one thing that i appreciated about it was the fact that it didn't feel cliched it didn't feel like you know like oh we're introducing this this abortion tale because we're going to be edgy and we're going to be it instead of feeling exploitative it actually felt really progressive and and even more importantly than yeah. that uh to for the movie's benefit it felt personal you know um it didn't feel like they were trying to cash in on the sensational uh aspects of like you know like a young girl talking about abortion harsh subjects we discussed the hot the hot topics on black christmas no it seemed to be like what let's talk about something you know very very real that uh a lot of young girls were becoming you know throughout you know the the 50s and the 60s into the 70s young girls were becoming more and more kind of like um enlightened to uh there, the, the, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess like, and I don't want to speak about it too much because it's a man talking about women, but, um, <laughs> but just like about like kind of like their, their own, uh, ability to make their own decisions for their own bodies, their own agency over their own bodies and how entitled men feel to kind of like point the way and say, no, this is the way we're going to do it. And what it is to simply and compassionately say, no, I'm not. You don't want to give anything up in order to achieve your dream. Um, so why should I? At least you didn't when we talked the last time. Now, because you think you've screwed yourself out of it, you you want to make me your salvation. Well, you know what? <laughs> That's not who I am. I'm Jess. I'm the final girl of Black Christmas 1974. I don't know that yet, but I'm fucking amazing. <laughs> but I mean, and again, like the the movie manages to do that for me in a way that also it isn't incredibly self-serious. There was actually, sometimes there's a moment that just stands out to me as like a microcosm of like what the movie is for me at large. Cause like we mentioned, there's a lot of fun to be had in this movie. And I feel like one, one moment that kind of fluctuates between 
if, if you want to call them extremes or at least one tone to the other. Um, it's the, oddly enough, it's the discovery of the 13 year old girl, um, Janice, because the first discovery shot, the reaction shot is of this random young woman who looks about the age of all of the sorority sisters. And she's just kind of standing there going, Oh no, Janice. Janet! And she's just kind of doing this weird face-touching thing. And it's so random. It's not connected to anything that's real. It doesn't really kind of like match the the level of performance we've gotten from the other young women that we've been observing up until now. So there is kind of like, a, but you can tell she's doing her best. Like she's not throwing it away. She's just not a very capable actress, I think. Um, so um that's kind of funny. I kind of laugh when I see that. And then within seconds, it's turned on a dime when we get the reaction from Mrs. Quaif, the mother of Janice. And when she steps in, the girl steps out of the shot, she gets ushered out and in steps the mother who we've already seen talking to uh, Lieutenant um, Fuller um, about her daughter kind of breaking my heart. And now we see her discovery of her daughter and her reaction is just that of like abject despair, but you know, specific personal despair that really hits me. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I can't make fun of this. So it, I don't know uh, any movie that can achieve both reactions <laughs> without kind of like moving out of itself tonally, like both of them fit. Uh, it's kind of a okay with me. So I don't yeah. know, maybe that's why I think I might, praise this movie a little bit heartier uh yeah i mean well the whole like search party stuff like it did it 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 did feel very uh small scale to me because it just like you could just tell like this is all shot in this one probably like one little clearing in a park and for the most of most of it they were just they weren't actually searching they were just standing around these barrels that were ablaze just warming their their hands um yeah, and then when when they know. did find the girl because like they weren't very far from where all the police cars were parked because she just came out of the car and ran down uh the hill and and like i said i think that the movie would have been the same they could have achieved everything that they did without any of this um uh gobbledygook uh just <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, of the of the so there's there's another threat going on uh around town and and then of mm. course like the 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 peter uh, peter peter pumpkin eater of it all um <laughs> <laughs> i don't know because i think they, is- <laughs> i felt that there was there were characters in this that were so much more interesting that i would have rather spent more time with and I think what? that even as it is, the ones who are kind of like the main characters, like I was surprised to see how early out of the movie Barb dips because she's like, she's not dead, mm. but she's like upstairs in a room and we just kind of forget the movie forgets about her. Um, that they're just like, oh yeah, there's, there's the scene right before she is killed that, Jess goes into the bedroom there and it's just like, I totally forgot about Barb. Like there was, we haven't seen her. They Timothy Oliphanted her out of the fucking movie. (laughs) And very Linda of her to, Oh my God, I totally forgot about Barb. Yeah. And it's totally dark. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And even, and even like Phyllis, it just seemed like, uh, 
towards the end, just like, okay, we're because and they were all preoccupied with the shit at the the search party. And um and another character that I wish we had more of was the the boyfriend of um Claire. Oh Chris. Chris yeah, the, yeah. with the very Canadian uh accent. Yeah. Um like he he was great. <laughs> Um, I, all I remember is like the big fur coat. Yes. Um, styling. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Very styling. Um, and even, even, uh, Mrs. Mac, like, it's just like, here, here's all these characters that we could have spent a lot more time with, uh, had we not just like wasted it with the search party and with Peter. <laughs> so the, those are, those are my gripes. Um, but I, okay. I just cause I haven't spoken to my favorite, um, my yes. my horror boyfriend, uh, John Saxon. <laughs> yeah, as uh, he's really your horror a, boyfriend. Uh, absolutely. I, have you seen like photos of him? Like uh, back y- in the young, day. Yeah, back in the yeah. He could he could get Matinee he was like idol John. He, Saxon. Yeah, he was like uh, <laughs> Betty White, like just very fetching uh, back back in their <laughs> their youths. Um, but he's he's just in so many great horror movies uh, that we've already Mm. covered, like Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Andrew Mm. Warriors, Tanabray, Black Christmas. Like, he just shows up in all of these great movies, and he's memorable in them. Um, Yes, he is. So, yeah. uh, Yeah, he is is my, at least for today, he's my my horror honey. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. Good for you. I, I probably... Not in this movie, but I probably lean much more into uh, Care Delay's direction. But in 2001 Space Odyssey, when he's Dave. Hello, yeah. Dave. Um, I, well, this I, is not I a sexual thing. Shoulder. I'm just I'm just putting that out there. Oh, okay. Just, yeah. Okay. I don't know where you're, you were. I don't know where you were going. But yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> um, no, um, no. In this in this movie, I think Care Delay kind of looks like a mod scarecrow. But uh, <laughs> he could have used a little of Chris Hayden's, like, fashion sense or something just to kind of judge him up. Because Chris Hayden, like, the look is so kind of out. It's it's in. Like, you know, somebody could wear it today and just be like, ooh, you know, so retro. But and so, that so was – um, I, I, I recall watching some of the features that actor actually yeah. got that. That was a gift from his mom in real life. Um, oh, right, it was he, his coat. Yeah, and when he like came on set, they're just like, "No, we really like this for the character. You should just wear it." And I think that he <laughs> said like he still had it to this day. Um, yes, he does. Yeah, which is yeah. which is really which is really neat. He was actually that character. Yeah. I guess at one point in the the story was supposed to be the killer. Did you know about mm-hmm. that? I, th- I I think I heard it uh, yeah about it a long time ago when yeah. I still had the blue. Unfortunately, I don't. I had to stream it off AMC Plus and Peacock to get the subtitles. Um, I will buy it on Blu-ray again. But, I don't you know, know what I, the fuck is wrong with you. <laughs> I suffered a purge. They're Blu-rays. You can buy them again, and I didn't. And have you a spend cover, more so money. You, you you end up spending more money. We've again. been here before. I Zach. know. I just I just can't. I can't fathom. <laughs> But um, it's just stuff, sir. It's stuff. I wholeheartedly disagree, and I know a lot of people who would as well. Um, this all behind me here is not stuff. This is this is my 
livelihood. This is my life. All right. Um, well, there you go. Who? Okay, so I've got a, I've got a life behind me too. Yeah, I see. Like <laughs> it just fluctuates. Superman, it fluctuates. Smallville. Yeah. Um, I've got two, two editions. Two editions of Carrie. I've got the Omen trilogy. That's excessive. The Chainsaw Massacre. OG. The Exorcist <laughs> anthology. I've got you know. Oh, don't with your excessive. Okay, let's make this. <laughs> Welcome to the cherry picker. Where we want to ask how many other. copies of Halloween uh, <laughs> season of the witch I own. <laughs> how many copies of Halloween? Actually, season I've, of lost, I've lost. I've lost track. I don't, I don't know. Oh my god! <laughs> every edition. Every edition. You need a post. You should post that in Quite your, few, in your yeah. Instagram soon. No, no. Um, <laughs> do you? So was. Who do you know who the actors who played like this? The, I guess the silhouette slash the eyeball. Um, I can't remember why. What you? What, no, I'm just I'm just asking if you knew because you know sometimes you have all the the information. Um, I actually had the Wikipedia page. I can look it up and tell you because um, yeah. there was a bunch of people like Bob Clark was Billy Shadow in the phone voice. He was not credited, and um, that's is that the Bob Clark who's the director? Yes. So he was the phone voice? Wait, I don't think he was the phone voice, no. It's credits, he's uncredited, but it's listed on the Wikipedia. Wikipedia doesn't get everything right, but that's what it says. And then Albert J. Dunk was Billy's POV uncredited, which I guess, does that mean he held the camera? Does that mean he. I think this might have just been a case of like, you know, like, you know, sort of like in Halloween 78, where just like everyone kind of uh, stepped in. But I'm pretty sure the voice was done um, by someone. Nick Mancuso uh, was also. But you know what? It's multiple voices because obviously it is not all of those voices, I don't think, came from one person. So, yeah, maybe it's like that. And also like a Mrs. Bates kind of thing, because I think there were three or four actresses Mm -hmm. in addition to Virginia Gregg, who played the voice well it kind of it gives it this yeah it gives the voice sort of this like this uh sense of uh like disorientation it's like who like what is the voice if you got like several different uh people speaking all at once and it's very creepy like the voice yeah and the score uh in particular like probably that's the one thing that i noticed the most was the score the the low rumbles the sound design of everything like it's that's the thing that really kind of Mm -hmm. creates the atmosphere uh of of everything here so that was kind of the takeaway actually i have the score it's right behind my ear on this side uh for people who are watching (laughs) i i put it up just in case um and there's there's a lot of the the voice shit on there too um so yeah those those are the things those are the most unsettling parts about it and just like the shadows absolutely mm-hmm. for sure just like the the never seeing it cuz that's even that's different than michael myers cuz i mean you do get to see the the mask and and all that and i think that it's even though there is that sense of mystique that's still left there with with uh michael myers here it's just mm. completely ambiguous and mm. i mean the the most famous shot i just thought the eyeball in the between yeah. the, like the crack of the door which will like just talk about always memorable. be oh. and and it's funny because like last week we talked about deep red and mm. here we are talking about uh black christmas like released not even a year apart and both of those movies yeah. uh used the i mean like Black Christmas 
eyeball thing, uh, Deep Red, yeah. the puppet, were both taken by James Wan and infused into Saw, uh, yes. like at least especially in that first movie. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, 70s horror, it's, there's not as many memory, like there's probably not even as many like horror movies like compared to the 80s because that was like, horror overload Mm. but the Mm. movies from the 70s are just the quality is there like just Mm. like it's 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 quality versus quantity uh compared to the 80s and it's just so interesting also i'd argue authenticity also absolutely like like a lot of 70s cinema it's not just in this genre either Yeah. yeah um so it's just interesting that like when you do see like homage to things like in in more contemporary horror it's it's more so going back to the seventies. There's not like a, I mean, not to say that there isn't anything from the eighties that is, uh, uh, used for reference, but, but the, 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 I guess the, the references that just create the most intrigue or people see something like that was really cool. It's just like, well, that was actually from this movie from the seventies. And I'm like, Oh wow. That's, that's so cool. So I think that there was definitely, um, there was a lot more style, uh, going Mm -hmm. on in this decade than, and it just like slowly depreciated uh, with every decade after that until we got to like the the 2000s. And it was just like, OK, <laughs> I mean, there are always exceptions to the rule. But as far as like what what, what I guess was being funded yeah. and being pushed to the forefront and what we can look as kind of like, I guess, the uh, guideposts of each era. Um, I'm I'm hard pressed to disagree with you. So um, yeah. also just in terms of the style, um, one thing that I really appreciated, and I think I might have mentioned this in one of the holiday horrors uh, that we've covered in the past, but uh, it, it bears repeating, particularly with Christmas. Um, one thing that I really appreciate uh, uh, about discovering Christmas horror is it doesn't it doesn't ever feel to me, like I know that there are a lot of people, particularly with Silent Night, Deadly Night, that, you know, there was like all of this, uh, 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 what's the word I'm going like acrimony among, <laughs> among, you know, these, these parents, you know, like it's trying to taint Christmas and all that's good and everything like that. The I war on really, Christmas. Even as a, yeah. yeah, exactly. And even as a child, I mean, it, it's ha- it still happens today, but even as a child, I remember always kind of like feeling that Christmas had a dark side. So any, anytime I'd turn to anything that kind of like played on that, like, I mean, even uh, a Christmas Carol, like it often gets credited as like the, the world's first ghost story um, or the first literary ghost story, you know? Yeah. And, um, and certainly maybe the most, the most famous as far as like the classics and everything like that. But um, yeah, like the, the idea of like mortality kind of breathing down your neck because I had a big family. There was always a lot of loss around the holidays. And I don't think that's really an unfamiliar uh, territory for a lot of people who might be listening to this. Like, you know, some people might be going through something now and there's always this curious irony. I remember playing with like being in like a hospital waiting room or, you know, uh, a sick relative's house that is, decked out for the holidays but it's also this odd juxtaposition between holiday cheer and also darkness because it's winter so in order for things to be lit up and to read the house has to be darker than it usually is you know like it has in order for the christmas lights to really get their full effect so you get this strange uh, uh higher contrast between color and the absence of color and light and dark. And um, 
and I don't, and even like the, the inevitable sadness, whether it's, you know, legitimate depression or whether it's just like, you know, I opened all my presents and Christmas is over. Oh God, it's noon. I'm depressed. <laughs> you know, all I have to look forward to now is New Year's and who gets anything on that? Especially if you're a kid, you don't really get much on New Year's, but um, well, you don't get anything. Uh, yeah, you don't really get anything, yeah. but uh, I mean, maybe you get to stay up late. Like maybe you get that. Uh, but uh, I mean, if, well, you know, by, gotta, by New if you have, Year's... A, if you have a relative like Barb, maybe you get to drink some champagne. But what oh, well, she's say? just she's just giving liquor to the kids. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, New. I mean, New Year's. The thing is, like, uh, like my parents would always be in bed before midnight anyway. So it's just like, I mean, that yeah. was just most weekends anyway. So it was no different. Okay. You're there, and when you're on the like the Christmas break, you're it's just you're always up all night, like especially mm. if you're that age. Um, yeah, yeah, it's. <laughs> I mean, I can see that. Like Christmas has always been very uh, morose and melancholy for me. Like I don't celebrate Christmas. Like my family never yeah. has. Like we're not Christian. Yeah. Um, so that's like, that's one thing, but we don't even like celebrate any other like alternative holiday really. So whenever like Christmas came around, like it was always just kind of like, not so much depressing, but it's just like, it, 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 uh, it, it just got me, uh, I guess like just envious, maybe a little mm. of, of other kids or just, just cynical really. Cause I was just like, I don't need any of that shit. I've been doing just fine on my own. That's how I feel, especially now. Like, I don't, I could care less. Um, mm-hmm. But I never really got an, into, like, anything Christmas-wise. Like, that's probably why I hate it so much. But um, <laughs> I always, I, I, I would remember, like, if something particularly bad happened or something in the news happened, like, around Christmas, it almost, like, it intensified people's um sadness over it and i remember there was uh it was it was you know back in high school and this uh we were we were doing like these reports or presentations for some sort of school project uh based on something in the news and this one girl like did this story about how these uh horses um at like on a nearby ranch uh had been um, abused or something. I don't remember the specifics of it, uh, which is like a horrible story, but she kind of like the, her, I guess message was just like, and for this to happen at Christmas of all times. And I was kind of like, or for it to happen at all, like, 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 let's not like the, the idea that anyone would say like, and and that it Not happens so close Christmas. to Christmas, it feels yeah. it, there's something very selfish about it. It's just like, how dare you ruin my holiday? There was this girl because this was like I was in grade <laughs> eleven when like when nine eleven happened, mm. and this girl her birthday was September eleventh, and mm. she I remember that day. She's just like my birthday's ruined forever. I'm <laughs> just like. Okay, yeah. yeah, let's let's not worry about like all of the the people's <laughs> lives who have been ruined here. So there's 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 almost like this selfishness whenever someone like like will like correlate a tragedy happening around like a 
Christmas or something or anything to well, with their birthday, <laughs> then it just feels yeah. it just feels in poor taste to me when people do that shit. So I don't know. Chris, like Christmas to me is just any other time of the year that I don't get too worked up about it. <laughs> Shitty things happen 365 days out of the year. Sure. I agree with you uh, in a sense, but I also know what it is to be kind of like on both sides of the camp because, you know, I was raised Catholic. So we, you know, Christ- Christmas was always there. Yeah. And, um, and like I said, like, you know, the appeal was the darkness because like, it always felt like, well, that's not that far. It's right. It's adjacent to all the Christmas cheer. Like yeah. it felt like very pendulous to me. It made sense. It's like the natural order of things like, okay, I can engage in a little Christmas cheer and watch a holiday special, but I'm going to need to watch something pretty damn like, I mean, you know, uh, I I don't know if I've ever said this before. Like, you know, everybody like loves to watch like their horror movies, like in the month of October for Halloween and everything like that. And me too. Great. But I watch yeah. them year round. Yeah. But when I really, really need them is the month of December because there is so much kind of like, I'm inundated with like so many like uh, commercials and, and jingles and, and, and the, the carols, the Christmas carols yeah. of people singing and like that. It's just kind of like this never ending barrage and social media has made it even worse. Yeah. So, you know, like can't even escape feel- it on my own phone. Yeah. But, um, but I, but so it's nice to turn to something where you can just kind of like, you know, steep and marinate in the sorrow, the darkness, the yeah. bleakness, the tragedy, the, you know, and all that. Cause it doesn't yeah. feel, it doesn't feel exploitative. It feels like it's, no, it's natural. It's the natural yeah. order of things. I almost feel like know? October is the one month of the year that I watch less horror movies. Cause there's just so much going on yeah. that it's, it's almost like I don't have time to, for, for like, for horror. <laughs> It's like it, it's almost like the in on Buffy. Uh, remember how on Halloween night the oh, the vampires yeah. like would take the night off because it was just like it was kind of considered to be gauche to go out and do like demonic yes. things on Halloween. That's how I feel. Yeah, it's just posers, like it's Halloween. I'm gonna watch like The Wizard of Oz or something, you know, like just or just something wholesome, yeah. um, or just not watch anything. Uh, that was just a wild. I just example. tell people make make Halloween any time of the year you can, and yeah. then if you need it in the month of October, go for <clears> it. And that and that's the thing. Like I appreciate that there's like horror is year round, like that we get horror movies Mm -hmm. released year round. And I feel like December, there's not really a lot of horror movies released. I mean, case in point, this was released in October and not December. Um, um, But I think that like typically it's been unsuccessful for studios to put out horror movies in the month of December. Like there, the few examples of, of movies that actually have really succeeded were scream two, uh, and, and psycho the remake, uh, which I, I, I I believe did really well when, when that came out. Yeah. Well, yeah, not critically, but, um, (laughs) the, the, the thing is, because even like this year, I don't think that there's anything slated really um, to come out this month. Like all, like all the all the 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 main, I guess more mainstream horror stuff has already come and gone. Like Thanksgiving, uh, Eli Roth was was already last month. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're kind of. Uh, it would be nice that things were like spaced out better, and it wasn't all just concentrated to. October or thereabouts. But uh, I was going to say with Black Christmas, this is like the the fact that it's Christmas is very incidental to this movie. Um, like this, this, this premise could have just been 
the the movie without the Christmas. And I love the fact that there's the Christmas there because it does like it does add that uh, that little flourish and just like the the lights and the colors and all of that yeah. to it. Um, just in the same way, like what, how would Halloween look like if it was always just the babysitter murders as it was like originally mm-hmm. pitched. Mm-hmm. And Instead of all of these, you know, trick or treaters and the carving of the pumpkins and that, yeah. just the f- general feeling of the autumnal air. Like I always feel a chill when I, whenever night falls in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and same thing with it. Those people are standing around them, them like, <laughs> <laughs> them barrels or them trash cans or whatever just like you know and i hear uh andrea martin going like i am freezing and i'm like i bet you are you're in canada in the winter you poor thing i think she's obviously, canadian obviously she's used to it. <laughs> no but obviously canada obviously like despite I mean, the little US, flags yeah yes those u.s <laughs> flags over in the police precincts yeah. fool absolutely no one because and you know to and and to the movie's uh benefit like i I love the feeling that uh, you know that 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 I am in Canada when I'm watching the movie. I yeah. just say like, oh, somebody bought some little souvenir flags and decided to divvy them around. <laughs> Maybe that yeah. was their Christmas gift to all these Canadian cops. Who knows? But um, I mean, I think my that American would... son got married. Yay, USA! Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's something there's something novel about the like the idea that it would be like set in this in Toronto where it's filmed and that was uh U of T. Um I was it was a while ago I was like looking up pictures of like that actual property that they that they used. Like it's a huge mm. house. Um mm. but uh yeah like all of I, I wish kind of like I was in Toronto right now because I would love to like go visit those locations and just just be like oh look here fifty years ago now uh yeah. practically uh that uh, to to you know see what it looks like today um, but uh, my bloody Valentine was that. Did, did they really give a, a a clear indication? I, f- I forget if we mentioned it that that was Canada because it was filmed in Canada. I feel like there was some kind of clue somewhere because I mean I can't remember I, the 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 town was a creation. That town was Valentine not actual... Bluff. Yeah, it's not a real yeah. place. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, again, so kind of like undeniably, I mean, just like, that's it. I mean, you know how much that's I love doing an impression of yeah. <laughs> Axel. That was that's it for anyone. Yeah, of Axel. Was it <laughs> Axel or was it just the, I forget, there's, I forget the names. The one with the dark hair. Yeah. I, I forget that He had for the scar. Names yeah. escape me. <laughs> the ascot. Yeah. I something. But um, <laughs> everything grew good on tight. But yeah. um, <laughs> well, the one but, um, the one and, line that really like gets jumps out for me is when uh, Chris was it. Uh huh. When he's when they're just like, oh, did you 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 know? It's like, yeah, we've been going out. <laughs> yeah, I've been taking a route. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, like uh, I wouldn't change a thing. Like absolutely. No. Yeah, you did take a route. Good for you. Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> I also just wanted to uh, address, even though I, you know, praised the moment. Again, like, I I love the juxtaposition of of one side of a moment to another. Because, while I really, really enjoy that shot of of, uh, uh, Jess while she's... uh, Also, her name, her full name is Jess Bradford. And I was like, like, Jesse Bradford of Swim Fan? Interesting. I wonder if he's supposed to be, like, you know... uh, 
lineage I've from her. I don't never know. But seen... But that's, that's the actor's name, not the character. Yeah, I've never seen Swim Fan. Neither have I. It's, maybe we should. M- maybe. Um, well, from what I understand, it's a... <laughs> Uh, like a contemporary, I guess, like when did it come out? Nineties or early two thousands? Uh, version two thousands, yeah, a version of Fatal yeah. Attraction. Um, yeah, which I mean, I'd much like, rather watch The Crush with Alicia Silverstone and Carrie Elway's A Black Christmas All Alum of the twenty nineteen. Well, he yeah. well he was he was in Crush <laughs> before he was an alum of. Yes, he Black was. <laughs> he he was already a Saw 3D alum before he was a, an alum. Yes, he was. <laughs> <Black> Spoilers! <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. It's been over 10 years. Calm down. Um, no, no. I, that, yeah, that's it's it's funny. and Because Billy's last name, because I was – I'd always just known him as mm. Billy, and that's how we did it when we were – uh, doing the slasher rankings for the cherry picker after dark, but I guess it's Billy Lenz. Oh my god! Yeah, what a what a name! If whoever came up with that, but it's if you look somewhere online, it's it's there. Yeah, some of them are interesting. Like Barb's last name is I, th- this was on Wikipedia too because yeah. I don't think anybody ever calls her that, but she's like Barbara Cord or Coard, spelled C O A R D. Never heard that last name. Yeah. Again. Well, I mean, my favorite thing to do is when we when we do talk about the Friday the Thirteenth movies, and we have inevitably get to the cherry picker that we have to yeah. look up like the person's name, and every single, <laughs> basically every single character has been given a last name. Yeah. Uh, yes. So it's always interesting to to uh, <laughs> to find out like Shelley uh, Finkelstein. Of Friday the right, 13th right. Part 3, I forget. Uh, Rick Bombay. That's because those were our picks. <laughs> it's like, who, who comes up with this shit? I, all I sure. knew was like Chris Higgins because it was like uh, Higgins Haven was, was the location. But of yeah, course. all like every little like side character of, of those movies has it. So it's it's always fun to just to to look up the, the name. Lin- Linda Vanderklok of Halloween, PJ Souls. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's good stuff. No, yeah. I mean, they all have last names in this one, too. Like, some of them get said, like, Chris, Chris Hayden and Claire Harrison and everything like that. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, one thing that I wanted to point out, like, uh, another thing I appreciate about this movie is just kind of, like, the uh, <laughs> amount of opportunities we have to discover these characters in private moments. Like, um, Mrs. Mack gets a lot of them because she hides her liquor. So we see her, like, you know, in the bathroom when she's brushing her teeth with the bottle she's hiding in the toilet tank. And, yeah. um, then uh, uh, even the moment on the stairs when she's like, hey, little Claude, here, little kitty kitty. And what is she? I can't remember what she's like. Oh, balls. And she, she says, says well, she's she thing, calls, like, Get, you little prick. Yeah. As he <laughs> like, like that. just like peeks his head over and she just turns. So he's just like, Mr. Harrison, this is yeah. really very kind of you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> even when she was like putting on her makeup and she was just like making fun of like the, what he was saying, just like, I like yeah. if I had if I, you know was responsible for the morals of all these girls, like yada, yada, yada. Yeah, right. <laughs> the, yeah, she no, had like the I, little cutout in the, the book, the, the, the volume. Yes. For all the of her hiding yeah. places. Yeah. I think minus the, the alcoholism. Yeah. I think minus the rampant alcoholism with this woman. Um, I think I am turning into Mrs. Mack because at least in my day job situation, because I make deliveries, <laughs> that's all I'll say. 
And I, the the amount of people who try to have small talk with me, like the people who wait for their package like all day, and then when you're there, they're like, "Hello," and then they want to engage in conversation with you, and I'm just kind of like, "Uh huh, uh huh." And then as I turn around, I'm just like, "Oh Jesus Christ!" I roll my eyes and I'm grumbling under my breath, like, "Okay, I have a fucking job to do. Could you just let me do my job?" <laughs> the covert middle fingers I've given once I'm inside the vehicle, you know, if someone is a particular prick or something, like yeah. I'm turning into Mrs. Mac. That's that's just the way it's going i hope i don't you know turn to drink you know the way she did she yeah. did but um but as i wonder far as, if like, you know yeah i wonder if like barb would have uh become uh mrs mac i wonder if mrs mac was barb when she was younger and she just yeah. learned to kind of keep up appearances as time went on like <laughs> yeah but also i love that's another thing about like these nuanced characters like I, I i love that um when i got when i was watching it with the subtitles i got to read a lot of things I didn't hear in Barb's uh, phone conversation with her mother uh, in the very top of the movie when yeah. she's uh, breaking plans with her and everything like that. And You're she had full gold-plated horror. I didn't hear it, and I didn't remember it from like really. Past I've always picked times. up that line. Like that line is, no, is said for- very clearly. I had forgotten it, so when I read it, I was just kind of like, oh, my God. <laughs> okay, I think I'm focusing on, like, I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm just too See, that's what Dor- that's so. what Dorothy would say to Sophia. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> you're, a girl, you're a gold-plated whore, mother. <laughs> Ma. And I Should feel, call her Ma. I feel for Barb. <laughs> but, <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel for Barb. Like, I feel like, you know, like, the thing, things took a turn for her, and I think hurt people hurt people. Like, I, I, I mean, I was wondering, that was one question I wanted to ask you, is there anyone in this sorority or movie just as it stands who you particularly think like oh i'd be that person in this movie you know the way people do with golden girls or you know (laughs) or other movie scenarios is there any character who you're just like yeah i'd probably be that person that person saying that so you're saying that you would be mrs mack um actually i think i'm becoming mrs mack but i'm probably in in reality like as far as the, the way i handle social situations i'd probably be phil a lot, but like sitting there kind of laughing at Barb until she crosses a line. And then when she's crossed the line, it's going to be like, okay, you need to stop. Like, that's me. Unfortunately. Um, <laughs> no, there's, there's really nobody um, that I, 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 I wish I had an answer for you. I don't, I, I don't, there's no one that I Aww. could particularly relate to. Uh, Not in, even Jess. Not even Peter. Um, not even Peter. Not even Peter. <laughs> not even Billy. Billy. <laughs> um. No. Um, okay. <laughs> no. Um. <laughs> but but speaking of Phil, because <laughs> yeah. we've talked about this before, she is such yeah. a fake bitch. <gasps> why she I is oh no i do too but there's just like her she's like one of those people that just like you know to your face is just like you know really sweet and stuff and she'll say whatever because like like she's there there like she has this sort of like interesting relationship with peter that's not really a relationship but She's really sweet to him, like, really nice. Like, he calls and she's like, oh, hey, Peter, just a sec. You know, just, like, the way that she speaks to him on the phone. And then when he's leaving in a huff and she walks in, she's like, hey, Peter. And then later when Jess is, like, pissed off at her, uh, Phil says, 
I never liked him. And it's just like... <laughs> could have fooled me but then like 10 minutes later she's like oh when when they find out that it, there's no way that it could be peter or whatever and, and she's like yeah. oh i just knew that there was no possible way like i'm just so relieved that it's not him so she's very wishy-washy when it comes to her i think she's on... more relieved for jess's benefit than i anything. i yeah i understand i understand that says, you know i i you know i've never liked you know peter much yeah. but i don't think he's capable of something like that yeah it's like you know no, the, I, the bridge, I, I get that. I, and I, and I, I respect that. But that's just like that wishy-washy bullshit that I'm just like, okay, oh, you're one of those people. See, okay, I see. No, I, you'll I, just change, you'll just change your opinion too. just, just to, to satisfy whatever is going to make the people around you, uh, feel best at the moment. Well, I mean, if you're in an undeniable like situation, oh my god, you're you so kind of... you're totally Phil. That's why you're defending her right now. Yeah, I am, <laughs> but also because like Mrs. Mac, like you know, be one way like to people's faces because you're in a predicament that you have to be like you can't send them away. Because but that's just that's different. That's your... different than than like flat out just like changing your your entire outlook like from minute to minute. Uh, outlook, sure, but for me, I, I guess she doesn't shift in the wind for me as much as you do. It all makes sense to me, so I yeah. guess I am Phil. Sorry. I mean, <laughs> I mean to call her a shady bitch is a little harsh, but I, I let's just say I'm yeah. onto her. Um, <laughs> I was sad that she uh, got killed. I wanted, I wanted uh, a little bit more from her, because um, that oh, was God. another one that I, you know, she was kind of, it, it was very abrupt with her. Right, but also, I mean, I felt the loss. Like, I, I also love that I got to see her. That's oh, because that's another thing I really, really liked. It's just like I feel like, um, on a fundamental level, this movie's kind of like about the different ways that people deal with potential threats or crises. Like from the beginning, like my my favorite shot, and we'll we'll get to what I was saying in a moment. But um, my favorite shot in the entire movie, I think, is just kind of like that pan on the first phone call from all of the faces. Of the yeah. various girls, like who are listening in on Billy's call, and um, it's just uh, you get to see like it registering with each one of them completely differently. <laughs> like Jess looks a little like a, like a little like like you know disturbed, but not like absolutely horrified. And then <laughs> like Barb's uh, kind uh, of Barb, impressed. <laughs> Barb is absolutely like, oh my god, tell me more. Like yeah. absolutely impressed. And then uh, what well, she says, Phil not bad. So <laughs> exactly. And then Phil looks almost fascinated from a psychological standpoint, like she's studying, like wondering what could ever make a person do this? Like, why is he calling in? I wonder what his life must be like. I can see the uh, the car, yeah. you know, the, the, the pages turning in Andrea Martin's uh, performance. And then you get to, finally to Claire, who looks absolutely completely like violated and scared. And, you know, obviously that's why she's going to be the first one to go. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of other variations on that, like in the other faces who happen to be. Like, Which I, I think is so hilarious. There's all these uh, the sorority girls. There. <laughs> they were just like, we don't know their names. They just completely disappear. The one actually, it's funny that you mentioned Jennifer Cool earlier on because one of them I was watching I just like oh my god it looks like a young Jennifer Coolidge the blonde one huh interesting yeah I mean I I, I can't say no I'll have to give it another look though I didn't yeah. look at it and go oh, Jennifer Coolidge no. no I didn't do anything like that but um no but um also just in terms of like how it applies to Phil Phyllis in particular just like over the course of the night prior to you know her end yeah. um I like the fact that like we get to see her you know, kind of like chastise Barb and we get to see her 
then kind of like break down herself because she doesn't know, but she's got this feeling that Claire is dead and everything like that. And she just needs to kind of like purge this emotion so she can, you know, do whatever she needs to next. And then, and then also like she, she can get freaked out by like, you know, the guys at the door and everything like that. And then all, you know, start making jokes about like our dog they were just walking around with like shotguns. <laughs> right. What were they doing? Sorry, ladies. Yeah, I had no idea. Neither did she. She's like, you're not going to open the door, are you? And then she's like laughing. Yeah. <laughs> like saying, I think I'd prefer the killer. Like, you know, after oh, all wow. this. Or, or, the, or the pranks or the, you know, the, phone, the obscene phone caller. But anyway, yeah. but I mean, that's what I feel like. Um, it's capturing like that kind of like waiting room, like, you know, mentality. Like, like where you're just kind of like, you don't know quite how to feel because you don't know what the outcome is yet. So you feel, you know, you wait, you try to honor, you know, the, the, the potential gravity of the situation, but eventually you're going to need to take a walk. You're going to need to get some food. You're going to need to talk about something else, anything else. And you're just going to kind of like, you know, uh, 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 tra- con- con- transpose the key to suit like whatever kind of like the moment needs from you. And I, and I feel like that again, it leads, a- adds a level of like dimension to everything that's going on, uh, in terms of, um, the way these girls, cause all of them like react to things differently. Like, you know, Barb's the last time we see Barb, like she needs help. Like she's, you know, like a victim of her own lungs and her, and the, you know, her own con- condition that she needs, you know, like her puffer and she needs someone to just kind of like be there because she was also having a nightmare. So she's obviously agitated and she needs to kind of calm down. And I like seeing all of these, um, actresses get to play these characters at like multiple levels. Again, it seems like it should be deceptively simple. And yet like there's room to kind of like get to know actual people as you move through it. And I really appreciate it. And here I just, here I just needed more in terms of more, uh, more scenes of that. Cause that's what, that's why I need to watch it a third time. Yeah. Well, that's just what felt like it was just (laughs) occupied by the, the, Ah. the Peter bullshit and the, and the search party and and all that. Cause I was still like, I was still like invested, like during, like during all like the police station scenes. And even when they had like, there's, there's a lot of nonsense there. They had like a lot of like gags where like the guy comes in. Well, there was that, but I'm just like, there was the, the, the one who got like shot in the buttocks by that, uh, right. right, By that farm or whatever he was and he was just like <laughs> trespassing on my property and and uh the the lieutenant who's just like kept laughing and john saxon's just like don't you like don't you laugh about this sort of thing um because <laughs> yeah like every everything was with his character was great um even the like the the uh bumbling uh desk guy Whatever his, I forget his name. Sergeant Nash. Sergeant yeah. Nash, who's just like, just constantly, like, I loved like when they, people would just be there and they would just be like staring at him, like when uh, Chris and Mr. Harrison, uh, and I yeah. think it was like Phil at the time, they're just like, look over, just like, are you fucking stupid? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Even him, like though, yeah. I, I, there are people like that. I love the fact that like when he says fellatio to like the other men and like one cop is like standing there watching Fuller, John Saxon, you know, like waiting, like, you know, like, or, yeah. like, like doing, you know, what, what John Carlos did with me with this movie, like sitting there watching, like, are you, are, oh my God, you're going to love this, you know, like, like eagerly anticipating, like waiting, like, like, and then when it happens, <laughs> you know, like in the yeah. background and <laughs> pre laughing. And then, um, but I, I just love uh, Nash's reaction, just kind of like, I, he still doesn't know what it is, but he's like, 
it's something dirty, isn't it? <laughs> it's just so innocent and sweet. Like, you know, this has happened hundreds of times before. Yeah. And they're always making fun of him. And one of these days, he's he's going to show him. He's going to be the last one laughing or something. Like, you know, like, I I don't know. Again, yeah. I, I, it, rich tapestry yeah. <laughs> behavior this um, movie. Also, um, the, the interesting is this might be, to, to my knowledge, the first movie that kind of uh explores that trope of like the 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 calls are coming from the house mm. it was because uh, there's I, I mean the one that really like popularized it was when a stranger calls back but like that was sort of like a this this urban legend of the the babysitter mm-hmm. who would receive the calls from upstairs yeah. so so as far as i know yeah. this this was the the first one of its kind and it's it's yeah. funny that like another thing that this is credited as being like the first uh to put the killer in the pov which like for whatever reason like people credited to john carpenter and halloween but as we know from from scream 4 and yeah. uh uh well from hayden panettiere getting the the wrong uh answer <laughs> is that it was actually first seen in peeping tom in yes, 1960 which I still haven't seen i still haven't neither seen have i movie. yeah I, think I, I started to watch the beginning of it. Uh, it was like on TV uh, ages ago. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely have to check that one out. Me too. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, I got to say, Billy's POV, uh, really unsettling. Like, like I, I, do, I do not feel comfortable. I feel like I'm in the room with Billy, which is effect, an effective use of POV. It's kind of got and this it, like, it is a chaotic place. effect to it. Like, it's just like that... You know, yes. like the, everything is like sort of rounded and like almost like like a periscope. Um, yeah, that just makes the surroundings like that, like that landing on the stairs, like feel mm. so much more all encompassing than what it probably is in real life. It's just like a small little narrow space. Um, yeah. So it really it it adds a lot of depth there. Um, yeah. For sure, that it is it is interesting, and especially when he's you know up in the the attic there and that might be like the moment where and this is actually this the cinematography in this scene um uh mrs Mm. max death was really well done because you got you like you just all you see are the the hands holding the hook thing and then it turns around and you're you're getting that that perspective that weird like rounded whatever you call that uh lens yeah uh, yeah. Of just her and then uh, hearing it and then just like turning around and having yeah. it swing into her face. Yeah. And um, I, I mean, I, I feel like all of his kills are, uh, strike me as, as, as memorable. Like, I mean, uh, yeah. Claire's kill in the beginning, just like, you know, the thing in the closet. The, um, the plastic you know, bag. Yeah. Oh, my just God. Terrifying. And then the fact that she she never left the house. That's terrifying Mm -hmm. and um and the fact and also just the idea that he's occupying the same space with these bodies that he is responsible for you know taking the life out of and everything like that the the the, everything about billy's uh 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 uh, mental state really unsettles me and then again that's another incentive to watch it with the subtitles because he is so chaotic in terms of like the words he speaks and also there's oftentimes a lot of voices speaking over each other, which, you know, would be impossible, but it, it works. It's, yeah. it's terrifying for the movie's benefit, but, yeah. um, the you, get, only... you get to hear you, reading all the backstory about like Agnes and everything like that. Like you're still yeah. putting pieces together, but it's easier to kind of like draw the connections between the sentences, uh, when you're reading it than when you're listening, I find. 
Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, the only thing, like, voice that I would say is creepier uh, than than the one in this that I can think of right now is in Session 9. Ooh. Yeah. The uh, the... Well, the 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 recordings that the the dude is listening to, we'll we'll cover this movie one day because this is one of my favorites, and it's just like the the woman in the mental uh, institution, and she has all of the multiple personalities, and there's the one that's just it don't, it don't, it is very Billy esque in a way. Oh, creepy! Yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, I yeah. So I mean, even Billy gets his private moments. <laughs> <laughs> in this movie and yeah. the fact that he's the heavy of the movie and that i mean because there's, there's plenty of people like doing some pretty like i mean i don't like being alone with peter i can't am i imagining that we get to watch him destroy the piano or is that do we just find it with lieutenant fuller no we see later? it i can't he, he like, I feel like we saw it yeah bashed it okay. in Right, um, I thought so. He's a little temperamental. So. You know how the, the, those artist types get. <laughs> <laughs> also, oh, also, just wanted to—I didn't get to uh, uh, rebut on uh, the the red herring. Uh, your your criticism of it. The only thing for me about the red herring that I could defend it for is I feel like the fact that they introduced the fact that that it would be impossible for uh, Peter to be the one making the calls because he was here every time the calls were making that gets shattered for Jess when she finds out the calls are coming inside the house. So it justifies to her, I believe that he could be in that place making the call. And then all of a sudden, like he does, cause like she gets a call and then he starts coming down the stairs, just like, Hey, what's up? And she's like, what? I thought you were the Mona or, you know, whatever she says. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> what are you doing here? But, um, I thought you were the killer. Yeah. Very sleepaway camp. Yeah. If Olivia Hussey were in sleepaway camp in, instead, it would have been a very different instead movie. Of Angela, yeah. <laughs> uh, but Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because you said that. So Peter, he, because he called and wasn't like when he called, wasn't the shadow in the background or is that after? When, no, no, I, I don't mean, well, but see, that's why the shadow could have been him, but couldn't it have also been like potentially like the cop, like just like kind of like, you know, coming up to the porch and like moving back and forth or a member of the search party? Like, I well, mean, the cop who was like in, could... the cop who was in the car with his throat slashed. Yeah, but we didn't know his throat was slashed yet. We just knew that they looked out yeah, at the car. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> you know um, me. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, maybe I'll have to watch it again. But, okay. um, maybe I do too. Who knows? Oh, yeah. poor me. But um, poor us. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, oh, but uh, you asked me. I wanted to know. Did, did it strike you in any particular way, like one way or the other, that Billy is the one who killed the thirteen-year-old girl, or is she just like a victim of another person who's running around? I mean, that's the way that it, it seems to me. Like it just—it seems uh, a little too frivolous for, for that to be mm -hmm. him. We do know that he's been calling the house for some time because you know that like we right. see him yeah. enter that night and i don't know if he just comes yeah. and goes but to me it seemed like this was the night that he's like okay i'm i'm gonna go in there he's been calling them for a while but at, yeah. at the same time like how does he know that the phone in uh mrs Mack's room is a separate line like there's just like it's there's a lot of it, it, you know it's it's not the 
the most sound script mm. just in terms of of logic which it doesn't have to yeah. be that's right. that's not what this movie is about to me so i mean that that question was like was he responsible for that there's really no evidence to point towards it and there's really no evidence to say that it wasn't him because we weren't with him the entire time uh during the day, right. but it's just like, as far as the mother had said that Janice was supposed to show up at her, uh, sure. Her whatever musical class. After she, It was after, yeah. yeah, after school, they were supposed to go shopping for her father's presence or something like that. Right? Whatever. Yeah. Whatever it was. So it was that yeah. day. So, so in but, the um, canon see, of everything, it would have happened after yeah. Claire had already been killed. Uh, but before right. Mrs. Mack, I suppose, um, and I just think that like in a movie like this, like you would want to show every kill by Billy. So I'm going to, I'm going to definitively say from my head canon that, uh, that was not Billy. And there's just, uh, yeah, I think it, maybe it's I think Agnes. It is creepier if it wasn't, yeah. maybe, no, poor Agnes, but, um, <laughs> God rest her soul. But, um, well, unless it's 2006. Uh, but- but also my headcanon, like, is working out that, like, well, I mean, if he, he could have worked it out, like, it, while he's in the attic, if he could have, like, eavesdropped on Mrs. Mack somehow and, and seen that, you know, or heard that she was on the phone while he was calling them downstairs, he could have been like, well, I don't hear her. Oh, so that must be a separate line. So maybe I can call from her bedroom. I better get rid of her, you know, um, you know, make her one of my, fr- if he was lucid enough to, like, you know, <laughs> actually yeah. think this way to premeditate. Um, or maybe it was just like a happy accident. Yeah. But, um, I don't. I mean, did did he mean to kill her? Because it just seemed like it was more of like she. He was waiting, like. Well, because she, well, cause, like you know, she was about to leave, and it was just because she went up yeah. there. Or did he lure her she up there by making cat noises? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I also, ooh, <gasps> another Texas Chainsaw kind of parallel because of like uh, Leatherface making the pig noises, <gasps> baiting by animal noise. Oh, it's so creepy. But um, I also, <laughs> um, I just, I wanted to ask you, is Christmas caroling the most socially awkward act <laughs> or activity that you can engage in during the holidays? Because I've never had Christmas carolers. I've been for, and I feel fortunate in that. Yeah. Like, no, I've, I've, I've Christmas caroled, but like, you know, like in uh, residences for, for elderly people and things like that. Like where, you know, you just kind of move from room to room. Definitely like, I can't imagine going from house to house, like, and waiting for money or chocolate. I don't know. Well, whatever it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, you definitely run the risk. Like what if you just go to the wrong house and someone's just like, get the fuck off my, shut up. We're watching something, you know? (laughs) Like, I think about Mrs. Deagle and Gremlins throwing, you know, coming out with a pail of water to throw it on, you know, who she thinks are raspy voiced, carolers and then she finds out it's the gremlins and thinks they're demons oh. waiting for her that's a whole other horror christmas movie but 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 no but just stand <laughs> i'll just see personally just if like there. If, if carolers were outside my door because there's not even they don't even like it's not like they rang on the doorbell first or like asked permission no. or just said like can we do this for you they just went up and started to sing i would have probably just like hid that's what I would do. I would just like, you know. 
turn off the porch light. That sends a clear message. <laughs> yeah, you can do that too. But, what, but yeah, just the. I wonder if the Christmas jazz. carolers, like actual Christmas carolers, have like horror movie horror, horror stories of their own of like their interactions. Oh, they with the must. Public, they, they must. I mean, they oh know what they're getting God. into. But I think the thing that's interesting here is like these are children who are being ushered around by chaperones. So, so they're putting. They're like putting these children in potentially um, volatile situations. But uh, I, I, I thought it was cute that Jess had to run back in the house to get uh, a shilling. <laughs> to, yeah, right. To get <laughs> here's a shilling. Very Dickens. Very Dickensian of her. Yeah. But, um, here's a shilling. Thank you for caroling. But uh, very loud. But, uh, also, I think I, I, I know for certain I, pre- I prefer trick-or-treaters to Christmas carolers. I, I, I hope trick-or-treaters are you know don't go the way of the dodo and become extinct but i'd be fine if christmas carolers did i think not not that they die but i mean just that the activity itself like fucks I, off i yeah. don't need it yeah I, yeah i don't i don't i don't i, I, don't I understand I, I i know what you're talking about because once you just stand there and i can't i'm not as pretty as olivia hussey so i can't just stand there and glow you know and just and, look and, like a look like a like an angel just uh right am, am, no amongst I all just, these like heavenly children's voices <laughs> I mean, I do think know, that like, the, the uh, scene what? it works. Well, I mean, it works well for several reasons because it does kind of it does yeah. paint her in this in this light. And we're just like, this is our final girl. Like, this is very <laughs> virtuous and pure. Um, yeah. Amidst amidst all this this singing, but then it also kind yeah. of drowns out the, the the screams of Barb's kill with that glass yes. unicorn. Um, her glass menagerie. Getting shattered. The yeah, the little, the little, sw- the little swans, and yeah, it was mm-hmm. great, great cinematography in that shot as well. Yeah, and just the use of of shadow uh, in this movie in particular. Oh God! See again, yeah. and it all feels. So I mean, just imagine, time. imagine oh. if like the like what they the, they captured here was used in Scream Four rather than what was used in Scream Four. <laughs> Not on Christmas. Yeah. I actually uttered that. Well, no, it wasn't on Christmas, but it was on Christmas Eve. I remember I had to return some books to the library, even though the library was closed. But my mom was worried if we were, didn't return them before Christmas, I'd get late fees. So we went to the book drop. And then just as I was going back, we were going back to the car. I was like maybe sixth grade. And I remember a, a car just ignited in flames. In oh. front of us. No one was on, nobody in it was like harmed. Like he was just parking, but I guess somebody left it running or something. And we saw the fire start under the car and then just kind of engulf it almost mm. immediately. And there was this giant flames like reaching 20, 30 feet in the sky. And we were worried about them like burning power lines. And then the fire department luckily got there in time and put out the fire. But I remember I burst into tears and hugged my mom. And I said, not on Christmas Eve. Oh. <laughs> And I can laugh about it now because one of my favorite things to say year round, if somebody, you know, apologizes profusely for something that it really isn't that much, I just love to go, this is the worst Christmas ever. I love that. Or just tell them, you ruined Christmas. That's, <laughs> it's a refrain. Yeah. If you know me. <laughs> um, anything else you want to say about uh, Black Christmas before we mosey on over to the cherry picker? Not Black Christmas 1974, but I, I'll wait for the pods that we do for the remake. That's very presumptuous. On those. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that we would do that. Um, 
Okay, fair enough. Just do a comparison pod of all three, like the trio. That might be interesting next year or something. Good, bad, worse. <laughs> there, worse. I saved this <laughs> All right, that's that's your side. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, then if there's nothing else, then let's get to the cherry picker. It's not like we So, uh, cherry on top, um, I can't personally see it being anyone other than Mrs. Mack. I knew you were going to say that. She too. is, like, she is just like the, <laughs> the light and the darkness of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, I, I really appreciate the light. I appreciate the darkness because there is levity to the darkness, but, yeah. um, I, I just want to give a shout out for Barb and Phil. I know that you wouldn't select either of them, but I, I I think they at least deserve honorable mentions. So, and Jess too, actually, Oh, one thing I just wanted to point out with Jess, appreciate the fact that uh, a lot of people criticize her as a final girl, kind of the way Jamie Lee gets, you know, criticized for dropping the knife twice in the first Halloween. Yeah. Uh, Olivia Hussey as Jess gets criticized for running up the stairs instead of out the front door. Like she's being told by the cops. I actually think that's a strength of the character is the fact that like her, her friends might not be dead. What if they're just hurt and they yeah. need help? Like, I, I, I don't know. I think it's, uh, I don't think it's a character flaw. I actually think it's, it's part of her morality and part of like what makes her the final girl of this yeah. movie. I hope she survives. I well, hope she survives. that's the thing. I mean, the, the, every time there's a kill, the, the a call is placed and the movie ends with uh, a phone call. I know. Um, oh, so it's, it's, so it's looking great. But, you know, I, yeah, I, I, I still vote for, or I, I think that uh, Mrs. Mack, cherry on top. Uh, I also yes, love the little, so. the detail in her room uh, on her bedstand oh. is that poster of just like, I guess yeah. her and her sister were a vaudeville act when they were younger yeah. so it just made me think the, of the, the the mchenry's the mchenry sisters yeah it just made me think Mac of like henry uh yeah. uh whatever happened to baby jane not that uh blanche ever performed with baby jane when they were children but no you know, no maybe if they did uh, they would have had a much better relationship and then jane would have been going to see blanche for christmas <laughs> but then never making it because she got uh, a hook to her face no, but they were definitely vaudevillians. Yeah. Like that oh, would yeah. have been. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen her do just one little recreation of like, "Come on, Mrs. Mac, do a dance for us." All right, I've written in her letter or something like that. Yeah, and her and yeah. whatever they bought for her, the little <laughs> oh her little her, her hideous nightgown that yeah. they gave her. Yeah, it looked like wallpaper, and just her like her expressions wallpaper. too. It's just like like wow, oh, like you yeah. fucking bitches. <laughs> yeah, love her, love her some, and then but then immediately turning on her. Thank you, oh girls, I love it. Girls, girls, <laughs> girls, oh my god! Oh, Charlotte Ray never got to play Mrs. Mac, but she did get to play Mrs. Garrett on Facts of Life. For anybody who's too young to remember who Charlotte Ray is, I will never. I don't even. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, <laughs> last week on the Cherry Picker. We asked you who deserves to die the most yes. in Deep Red. And uh, I nominated Police Superintendent Cal Cabrini. You nominated uh, the, the film's 
protagonist, uh, Marcus <laughs> Daly, <laughs> and uh, uh, across Patreon, Instagram, and YouTube, the total vote was 246 for Cal Cabrini versus 86 for <laughs> for Mark. <laughs> Nobody, I mean, that's Thanks, a, guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a low turnout. Nobody has seen. This movie. And I mean, it's oh. upsetting, but at the same time, mm-hmm. that's why it's so special to me, because it's it is like kind of a hidden gem. Check out Deep Red if you have uh if you have not seen it. But uh comments even, even the theatrical release, the original I would I US would strongly release. persuade uh people to find the um the like the 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 Blu-ray or the, the 4K. Um, like if you really have an appreciation for horror and if you have an appreciation for like not just contemporary, but just like older stuff as well, uh, and things from the seventies, that that is a movie that you should own in in your collection. Um, if you're only like, if your thing is like, you know, mostly you just like scream and slashers and stuff. I mean, it's, it's slashery. Um, it's it's murder mystery, but, but yeah, you're probably, if, if your tastes are more, like current, like maybe, maybe it's a great movie, but that I, I know a lot of people, um, and I'm not just saying younger people, cause this is even like 10 years ago, people that I knew who were younger would just be like, I would never watch that. It's old it's or it's black and white. Uh, Deep Red is not black and white, but I'm just like people with, like will have that kind of mentality. If something is, is an older movie, they just will not be interested. And just unfortunately, yeah, like, if there's a year cut off, then it's like they just won't go past that, and it's like, yeah. oh, you're depriving I, yourself. And I, yeah, I could, I could never do that because I mean, like, one mm. of my favorite movies is The Letter from 1940. Mm. I want to say uh, Betty Davis of Warner mm-hmm. Brothers, uh, yeah, so good. Um, but uh, but yeah, the, the unfortunately, just because Deep Red was uh, as was most of Argento's. Uh, repertoire not mm-hmm. commercially available in North America uh, besides Suspiria uh, being released theatrically uh, so many of these movies people have just not seen so uh, Mr. Humble says love Deep Red great choice the Aww. the tar man definitely Calcabrini. he's a nothing character that Marcus has to do all the work for and only because the cops are so incompetent that his life as a witness is actively in danger Marcus has his moments of being a douche but overall he's on the harmless end and in the context of solving the murders he's completely out of his element so most of his mistakes are excusable to me <laughs> <laughs> okay I interesting <laughs> <laughs> Man Behind the Masks. I never watched this film, but I voted for Cal Cabrini because he looks evil. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) Go with your gut. Go, but watch the watch the movie. Uh, Amethyst, watch the movie, though, yeah. Yeah, Amethyst Frost, Kill Cal Cabrini. Uh, he not only did nothing to solve the murders, but the movie <laughs> would have been far worse off even if he had actually tried to do something. I get Mark has messy moments like grabbing that creepy lizard killer girl and shaking her for information, but those are more comical to me than anything. He also had a gay friend during the unwoke 1970s, and Queen Gianna Brett found him to be a suitable love interest so he did some things right 
<laughs> Silent Saturn. I won't hold it against Marcus for manhandling lizard torture girl who is just living her <laughs> own Jallo killer origin story. Uh, <laughs> That's great. I vote Calcabrini. He's useless. He'll probably pin the murders on Marcus as he's always around when someone dies. And Ooh. no one's going to believe that story about the killer being chatty, nice old lady Martha. <laughs> Sean uh, Princek. Oh no, it's another Dario Argento movie. Well, I'll just keep <gasps> trying and fingers crossed I find one I like. I choose the one that oh. has the most votes. That's kind of like voting my conscience, right? I, anyway, everybody else's conscience. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yours is the last one you're considering. That's, there, yeah. that's very unfortunate. Okay. Uh, these are great movies. Um, Michael Diamond, yeah. never heard of it. Looking forward to the podcast, though. I voted for the okay. police guy because, let's face it, most police officers are <laughs> ass. We were wondering yeah. if people were going to do that. I mean, that's usually how it goes. Like, it's just like you, yeah. Uh, you pick the cop. I mean, if, if if we're doing this strategically or competitively, it's like pick the cop. <laughs> you picked the cop in House of Wax, and you did not win. So no, um, that's true. But I did. I picked the one in They Live, and I did win. Yeah. Right? So yeah, it's mm. it's very uh, inconsistent, but usually it's a given. Mm. Uh, but anyway, um, I'm just gonna pick Peter uh, for Black Christmas. I don't. Does he have a last name? I don't know. I um, did not find one, but oh well, wait, let me look one more place. Well, I'm gonna pick Let's Peter going. because uh, because he's unnecessary. Uh, he's a, a lousy boyfriend and a lousy red herring and a lousy musician. Or I mean, that's not fair. He was having an <laughs> off night, um, but he he allowed his emotions to to get the better of him, and he fucked up his little. Um, I guess the. Uh, what would you call that? That they were scouting him or whatever. He fucked it up because of his own bullshit, and then he blames it on his girlfriend, mm. Uh, mm. and uh, and was trying to force her to keep this baby she didn't want. And then and then stupidly, I mean, he just got drunk and stalked the house. And then when he heard her screaming and went into that cellar and saw that she was clearly afraid of him. He just kind of like casually just like, what are you doing? Like, you know, walked over to him. He deserved everything he got. So I'm I'm going with uh, Peter, uh, okay. who I Smith. Smythe uh, is, is what I get because well, S M Y T H E. Do you pronounce it Smythe? That's how what I would say, because if it were Smith, it'd be S M I. Well, that's not true. Sometimes it's just like Smith. That's that's a really all right, Jack. It's a, it's a very pretentious. Sorry to anyone whose name it, it, is <laughs> Smith. If Smythe. I were assuming, if yeah. I were assuming on site, I would have said Smythe. Peter, but no, I don't know if anybody says it. Peter Smythe. Maybe it's somewhere. Peter Smythe. Again, we'll have but, to um, watch it again. Maybe. But uh, yeah, it's it's here. Uh, it's actually in the thing that I adapted for my premise, written by Huggo. And I know it's pronounced that way because there's two G's. Huggo. Okay. Um, okay. So you chose that one. I'm not gonna. If I were feeling more uh, adventurous and experimental, I'd probably pick one of the cops. But I delight in the cops in this movie. <laughs> like I really like Lieutenant Fuller. He seems to be pretty good at his job and catching nuances. You know, like when he's on the phone, he doesn't miss a beat. He's like, "What was all that about a baby?" You know, like, and he doesn't mind you know asking the hard questions. Yeah, and I love like Sergeant Nash because he's removed. you know. <laughs> yeah, all of that stuff. But um, okay, yeah. 
that brings up there are only two people who I think deserve to die in this movie. And the other one, in addition to the one you brought up, yeah. is Billy. I think, I mean, make whatever case you will for someone as far as their their mental health or lack thereof. But we're talking about someone who has hurt and killed many, many people, has committed uh, potential at his own you know, frenzied admission, schmexual schmabuse <laughs> against this baby sister Agnes, who he's constantly whispering about, like, you know, don't tell them what we did. And the parents asking, where's the baby? Don't, why'd you leave it with Billy? And everything like that. Yeah, like, that's enough. But then also just like, you know, killing off the most interesting <laughs> characters in the house. So I think, you know, put him out of his misery and save a few mm. lives. Kill him. So there you go. <laughs> so, feel. so there you have it. You can either uh, kill off the uh, useless subplot or you can kill off the entire movie. Uh, vote, your, <laughs> vote your conscience. <laughs> you can vote on uh, Patreon. If you are subscribed there, you do get an extra vote. You can vote on Instagram. Go follow us at the Cherry Picker Pod. And you can also vote for us on YouTube. So if you are new to the Cherry Picker and you're listening to us, go head over to YouTube and subscribe on our channel as well. And if you are watching us, you can also listen to us the rss feed link is in the descriptions down below edward where can they find you on social medias i'm still reeling from your propaganda i feel <laughs> <laughs> my case suffered in the translation but I, i'm a huge fan of it uh you can find me on letterboxd instagram you can't find me on tiktok but i'm there no. uh and uh youtube edward is truth one word traditional spelling like it sounds how about you zach cherry you can find me on my main youtube channel zach cherry z-a-c-k-c-h-e-r-r-y i'm also on instagram at retro bitch face and letterboxd also Zach Cherry. Uh, next week we are doing the Cherry Picker After Dark Batman Returns. But Edward, what do we have after that when we return to our regular programming? Um, okay, is it the one with the staff at a particular prison for children? <laughs> I think you're you're making it a little too complicated than it needs to be, but it's the. It's the it's the faculty. It's the facility. I've heard some it's people the call facility. it that. Yeah, <laughs> the faculty. <laughs> That's funny. Twenty five years of the fa the faculty uh, oh. coming at you uh, two weeks from now. So. Yeah. Uh, or earlier if you are uh, a patreon supporter yeah. uh, at any tier so yeah. check that out if you if you would like to support us but other than that thank you for watching thank you for listening and hope everyone is having a wonderful december christmas holiday uh month whatever you want to call it and we'll be right back <laughs>